Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. All right, Grant, now we're officially 57 minutes away from when I need you to bust your ass down those stairs and start my car for me, if you don't mind. It's not about temperature. It's beautiful outside. It's about getting to tool at T-Mobile as quick as I possibly can, and you're part of this. So you need to save the three seconds that it would take to start your car? Yeah, you're saying it like every second's not important here, man. This is NASCAR. Like, this could be a matter of milliseconds if I'm going to make it or not. And here's the plan. So, unfortunately, we change our cleaning people, like, too often. I used to be cool with the people, first-name basis. Now it's just some guy. I'm like, hey, man, can you do me a favor? I need you to leave that door and that door open. So, we're cool. He did. I just looked. I just made sure. But that doesn't mean that I've got my car started. That's where you come in. So, I need you to go. I need you to start my car. I got my guy, he says his name is Matty. I got Matty taking care of the door, so he's already got this one and that one propped open. If you can start my car, then that gets me out of here pretty quick. I actually just Googled how long it would take me to get, like, a police escort. It says it usually takes up to a week to get that figured out from the city, so I can't do that. So, luckily, I've got a guy that works at T-Mobile that does the parking that's going to let me in the back lot and get me right in, like, right up close. So, I got that taken care of. So, as long as I can avoid any sort of traffic on the highways, and I feel like I'm pretty good there, it's a random Tuesday night in Kansas City, right? I think I can make it happen. But it all comes down to you, Grant. Do you accept the challenge? I don't think I can name you a single tool song. That doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about can you start my damn vehicle or not? Yeah, give me the keys. Yeah, I'll start it. Okay, thank you. I mean... My Richie Rich, you think I have some sort of automatic start on that 2001 camera out there? I don't know, man. What do you think I'm driving some sort of a. I mean. I, 2010? My vehicle is 1999. So, I mean. That was a good year for cars. A couple of old beaters we got, man. I wouldn't say beaters, but I'd say we do have a couple of Mine's a beater. old cars. No, my car's a legend, is what it is. Anyway, looking forward to that show. Maybe I'll see you out there. Up. Uh, 913-576-7610 is the phone number. Before we get back into the sports, is it spring break? Do you know it is? You're shaking your head. Yeah, for most school districts, I think, in the immediate area, yeah. Okay. Um, for your senior year, did your parents let you do anything dope? I have no idea what I did. I think I probably worked my senior year. I thought you were going to say you were, like, so inebriated you can't remember. No, that I'm is pretty sure I went to opposite. Mexico, but it might have been Canada. I think I did nothing. 
Well, let's be honest, Grant. When it came to popularity your senior year, you might have not been in the um, the Puerto Vallarta Cancun crowd. I don't know. Maybe you were. I, I don't think I wanted to be in the Puerto Vallarta Can- Cancun crowd. What crowd were you? I know you weren't like chess club crowd. In the middle. No, I was a tweener. Yeah, yeah. you were a tweener. I was, I was a, cool. That's cool. I was, I was a tweener cool with, too. Cool with everybody. Yeah, I was cool with some chess kids. Yeah. I was cool with some cool kids. Me too. Yeah. I was just all around. That's and that's why. Like, so we got. A, I got a school reunion coming up, and I was thinking, am I going to go to that? You know, I mean, I'm the sports machine. I got to show up. Hey, you know, hey, you made a little something like a blue eyed Northwest. And then I'm like, why? Right? Or am I just being a jerk here? I have no intention to go to my school. Yeah, I don't reunions. think I don't think I'm going to. Maybe if I'm still alive on like my thirty year. Well, yeah. God willing, Grant. I, I hope that uh I asked my girlfriend, I was like, if she had more enthusiasm to go, I definitely would have gone. You know, like showed her off and all that stuff. But she literally had less enthusiasm than me. She goes, I go, Hey, you wanna go to my uh, school reunion? When is it? I go, Oh, it's like I think Saturday, April, whatever. She goes, Where? I said, well, probably in Overland Park because that's where I went to high school. I haven't dove into it yet. She goes, oh, no. I we, mean, live, we, we live 15 minutes away from Overland Park. So like I said, it's in, oh, it's like in um, St. Charles, just outside of St. Louis. Or like, oh, it's in Des Moines, Iowa, baby. We're going to have to make a little bit of a drive here. Could you go south on the highway with me for 14 minutes so we can go to wherever this place is at? That's all I was asking. Would you want to go to hers? Hell no. You see, that's the point, though. No, that's different. How is that different? Cause I'm asking her to come to mind. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not good looking. What's she gonna show me off and be like? Hey, listen to his voice. You might know this dork from the radio. What does that do for you? People see. There's this misconstrued thing because you're on the radio and doing sports radio that that somehow helps you get girls in life. And that's, I, I don't think anyone thinks that. You don't think so? I do. I think so. Well, it helps you get dudes at the bar. Like if you want to like meet a homie. You go out there, they hear your voice. Oh, you start talking sports with them. You slip that in there. They'll buy you a beer if that's like your end game. But if he's with a super hot girl and you're like, hey, can you tell her that I'm this guy that's on the radio? She don't give a damn. I don't know how we got down this path. The reason I was asking about spring break is because it took me back to my spring break where I got in trouble. I got caught. So how old are you? 17 years old when you're spring break, right? Yeah, 17, 18. So. But see, you pretend like, oh, 17, 18 doesn't make too much of a difference. Well, if, you know, you get caught trying to go into a strip club with cigarettes in your pocket, those are both big difference if you're 17 or 18 years old. 17, you're in trouble for both those things. Well, senior year, you're going to be 18. Uh, until you're, unless you're 17, like I was until I was 18, and I turned it in the middle of the year. My point is this. I got in trouble when I was 17, right before I turned 18, and my parents were like, what are we going to take away from this bad kid? And all my other friends... Got to go to Puerto Vallarta. Every one of my homeboys, Anthony went, and Ryan went, and Brian went. Samir got to go, bro. Andrew was there. Everybody got to go, except for me. And not only did my parents not let me go to Puerto Vallarta, but I had this friend, not a girlfriend, but she was a girl that was a friend named Megan. Still a friend. And she goes, well, I'm from Bettendorf, Iowa. And me and my mom are getting in the minivan, and we're going out there if you want to come. And so I, like, I like half-assed my parents joking. I'm like, all right, you wouldn't let me go to Puerto Vallarta. Can I jump in their minivan and go to Bettendorf? My parents like, by all means. They knew it was going to be, like, the anti-Puerto Vallarta. So that's what I did my senior year for spring break. It was actually kind of dope. It was when 
Uh, remember when Chronic 2001 was out? Ba da 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 da. And they were playing that. Like, it wasn't too bad at the time. Not going to lie. Bettendorf's not bad. I've always had a fondness for Iowa because of that trip. Don't shake your head about Iowa. Iowa sucks, man. Iowa does not suck. I was, I've been to Iowa one time. I never need to go back. No, I was a very underrated state. It's because you drove through it, didn't you? I, I was terrible. You drove through it. Driving through any state sucks. No, no, no. I, I went to Ames. I went to an Iowa State game. Ames is okay. Go to Iowa City and tell Ames me it sucks. Lame. Ames, Ames is like Manhattan. Like, if you, you, I bet you think Manhattan's great because you went to K State, right? Manhattan's all right. Yeah, it's pretty I good. I bet you don't meet an Iowa State person that doesn't love Ames. It's the same thing. Like, if you're an outsider, you go, what? okay, it's fine. If you're an insider, that's the best place on earth. Dude, I got a bunch of friends that went to school at K-State that for bachelor parties and fantasy football drafts, we still go back to Manhattan. They pretend like it's Hollywood or Vegas. I don't know why. It's fine. It's cool. I like me Smaggyville, but come on. Speaking of college, when it comes to KU basketball, I feel like if Bill Self cashes in this year, He kind of takes the next step, if you will, when it comes to being a great coach. There's no question that Bill Self's already a great coach, but I'm talking about whatever that next level is. He enters that Roy Williams territory where not only have you been around for a long time and recruited well and won league championships and gone to Final Fours and National Championship players in the NBA, but there's something about that second ring I don't know what it is. I remember when Peyton Manning, for the first handful of years in his career, had one Super Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, had no Super Bowls. And it was, can he ever win one? He always chokes in the big game. And then he finally won the Super Bowl, and five minutes later, the next day, it was, well, he's still not Tom Brady. I think Roethlisberger already had multiple at the time also. It was like, well, he's still not him. He has to win a second one. I don't know when that became the thing that greatness was determined, like ultimate Hall of Fame type greatness was determined not with winning a championship, but with winning multiple championships. Because the only guys coaching college basketball right now that have multiple rings are named Mike Krzyzewski, Rick Pitino, and Jay Wright. Does that mean there are only three great coaches in college basketball? Does that mean Jim Beheim isn't great because he's only got one? Or Bill Self? Or Mike Krzyzewski? Or Tom Izzo? How about Mark Few? You know how many he's got? Fewer than that. None. It's so hard to win the national championship in college basketball. Think about this. You're trying to win a game on a neutral court, day off, not a lot of time to prepare. Then you got to take on another team. Then you got to travel back home. Then you got to go back on the road, try to win two and three against random teams again. And you have to do that three weekends in a row. It's unlike any other postseason where if you think about the NFL, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easier. Look at the Chiefs path a couple of years ago when they ultimately went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from them because the way that the NFL set up, you were able to put yourself in a position unlike college basketball. College basketball, the best thing you can do is be the number one overall seed, and essentially they ship you out to the general area that you're comfortable playing in. That's like the best thing that can happen, and then you, in theory, have the easiest path. In the NFL, yo, they'll give you a bye. Your ass doesn't even have to play. We know how hard it is to win a road game in the playoffs. Hell, we know how hard it is to win a home game in the playoffs. But you don't even have to play that first game. Then you get a home game. Then you're one game away from the Super Bowl. And you get to play another home game. That was the Chiefs' path. Again, 
I'm just saying, and I'm not trying to make it sound like it was easy, but compared to college basketball, winning six games against random teams, random conferences over a, what is it? 18 day period. It's the most difficult postseason to win. It's also why we get these not random champions because ultimately it always ends up being one of the big boys. It's, it's, it's fun to talk about the George Masons and the VCUs and the Northern Iowa's and all those schools. But ultimately you look up and, Oh, there's Michigan state or there's Kansas or Kentucky or North Carolina or Duke. There's like 10 or 15 teams. This year, I feel like it might be a little bit more wide open than it's been in the past. But it's also another great opportunity for KU to cash in and win a national championship. It is a shame a couple of years ago, the COVID year, that KU was definitely going to be the number one overall seed. And I think had a re- would have been the favorite, like three to one, I'm talking about. Pretty heavy favorite to cut down the nets that year. I'm not suggesting they would have done it, but they didn't get a chance to. And now a couple of years later, they're back being a one seed with what I think is a pretty fair region to come out of. If Bill Self can come out, not just go back to a Final Four because expectations are beyond that at this point, or even getting a national championship, but winning it again. Because then Mike Krzyzewski retires, and then we're talking about, I mean, who knows, maybe this is it for Coach Patino also. Certainly will be in the next couple of years. We could be talking about going forward. The only coaches that have multiple national championships are Bill Self and Jay Wright. Pretty damn impressive. Now, a lot of other coaches could do the same thing, to be fair. Maybe Jay Wright wins a third. Maybe Mike Krzyzewski wins a, I don't know. What would it be? Fifth? Six? How many does he have? Four? Fifth? I think he has, I think he has four. Maybe Coach K goes out there. And wins another one. Puts a second ring on his finger. 913-576-7610. Coming up on the other side, we'll get off the basketball court. We'll get back on the football field. We'll look at some of the other free agent moves. And we'll talk about what, if anything, I think the Chiefs need to do as the AFC walls are closing in a little bit on our beloved Kansas City Chiefs. With Grant, I'm the Sports Machine, and you until 9 o'clock, 610 Sports Radio. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Grant, I'm not going to give your address or anything, but are you sure there's not a, a Little Caesars over there by where you live? Are you positive? I'm very positive. You are? Yeah, because I've looked it up. You've looked? Shut up. Yeah, dude. The You've looked Caesars up. Is there a Little Caesars like next to me? 15 minutes away. Because I wanted to get some hot and ready. Pizza, pizza. 
Oh man, those what are they called? The crazy? They got they got slices and sticks where it's half pepperoni pizza, half oh, bread sticks. What? It's like seven dollars. Oh my god! I, I got it a bunch of my old place, but my new place there's not Caesar's cool stuff. Where where is so where did you when you found it? Where was it? Where's Little Caesar? I want Little Caesar's. That's there's what I one want. in Olathe, like on 135th oh, I can't Street. go that far. I'm going the opposite direction. Yeah, that's what I went to before. I did find out that there's still a Shoney's that exists. You ever been to a Shoney's? I don't believe so, but I know what it is. It's a, like a, it's not great, but it still exists. Um, I think there's one in Branson. I don't know. My girl and I were talking about the other day. She was like, I love Shoney's. I almost broke up with her right there on the spot just for that statement. But now we've got a road trip playing to Branson to go to it because, you know, she wears the pants. What are you going to do? 913-576-7610. Somebody texted me, random question. Jim Calhoun or Bill Self, who's been more successful? You probably think I'm going to like, take the Bill Self side of things because that's my guy and that's my school and all that. It's pretty easily Jim Calhoun, right? Jim Calhoun has three times the amount of national championships that Bill Self has. And getting there is great, but it's kind of like anything else in life. Once you get there, there's always still a next step. And when it comes to that next step, that's where KU, like they've Bill Self's been to a handful of Final Fours and a couple of national championship games, but only cashed in once. And again, not talking smack. That's great. Same thing. Cal's done. Same thing Izzo's done. Same thing that Bayheim's done. Like, that's about for a great program and a great coach. 20 years. What is it? Four Final Fours. Couple of national championships. And one ring is overachieving. It really is. Now, if you go out there this year, you really separate yourself if you're Bill Self. You kind of you become in that next category, that Jim Calhoun category, that uh, that that Rick Patino category where now you've won a couple of those things. Now you can be talked about amongst the greatest coaches of all time. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. We were talking coaches earlier pertaining K-State and MU, who are both now in the hunt for a coach. Let's just start with K-State, the Brad Underwood talk. So if you if you haven't paid a whole lot of attention, so Brad Underwood got the deal with Oklahoma State, what was it now, four years ago, and then jump ship to Illinois. Now, it seemed like he was doing well getting recruits and building rapport with Oklahoma State, but it also felt like Oklahoma State liked him but didn't love him. And when you've got that type of relationship with your head coach and somebody else comes offering more money like ultimately Illinois did, he left. He essentially said, this job's good and this job's also good. What would you do? What would you do if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a janitor or a cook or whatever your job is and the person around the corner says to do the same thing, I'll pay you double, which is pretty much what he got. You'd do it too. You'd leave. I would. So Brad Underwood did. So I don't hold that against him. So his deal at Illinois, they paid him. As a matter of fact, annually he makes $4.5 million, which is 10th best in all of Division One basketball. So it's kind of hard to, not hard, it's almost ludicrous to say, well, K-State just do the same thing. You know, buck up. If Illinois is paying him top 10 money, just pay him a little bit more. When it hits your ear, does it sound right if I said that K-State, <clears throat> excuse me, Kansas State basketball pays their head coach top 10 money? No. They should probably be paying a couple of million dollars a year, the same thing they were giving Bruce Weber. It feels like that's kind of the neighborhood they should be living in. Unless they decide that Brad Underwood is their guy. He's alum. He's got the proven track record. And if he came there, 
it would be his quote unquote destination job where once he takes it, because the, 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 the trouble with a place like MU basketball now and K-State basketball is the same trouble that KU football runs into. If you get the young hotshot and he goes out there and has a really good season, everybody's going to talk about him. Maybe you can lock him up like Iowa State did with their football coach. Maybe you can do that type of thing. Or enough people come calling with enough money, and then you're in the same problem you were in a couple of years ago. That's why this is a unique scenario for K-State. Because you might not think that Brad Underwood's the greatest coach in the world. You might think they're going to have to overpay. That's kind of where I stand. But also, it is a perfect fit. You can't really argue it's a perfect fit if Brad Underwood thinks it's a perfect fit. If that's where he wants to be. If he does what he did last time and is just chasing it because it's more money and doesn't see it as an end job and he comes to K-State and has a ton of success, I mean a ton of success, like takes him to multiple Elite Eights or goes to a Final Four in the first couple of years and brings in recruits the same way that Frank Martin and Bob Huggins did, like that type of a run for a couple of years and Octagon of Doom. Well, then if somebody else offers him more money, maybe he leaves. You need to get that commitment from him. This is where I want to be. He is alumni. And it feels like there's enough money that if K-State decided this is our guy, $7 million buyout would be the number, big number, that they can make it work in Manhattan. So, Grant, you were saying earlier, you think where there's fire, there's smoke, or smoke, or fire, whatever the hell that saying is. I, let's, let's give it another, like, 48 to 72 hours. Maybe let's give it another week. And then if they're still flirting back and forth, then I'll agree with you. But right now, it just feels like another name being thrown out there. I'm, you're right. I mean, it does. it's going to take at least another week. You have to get through the first weekend, see where the Illinois team is. If they get upset or something, maybe there's more traction. But if they, if they make it to the second weekend, it gets a little dicey for sure. And, of course, he just signed a $17 million extension last year, so you got to pay him. But he'd be treated like a, a god Wouldn't he in be? Manhattan, Wouldn't Kansas. He be? I mean, he would have a leash forever. That's the thing. They Your would expectations wouldn't him be that high. You'd make a ton of money. you go back to your like where you went to college. The hype the first couple of years would be off the charts. And it would just be so much healthier than it's been with a fan base and an administration and a head coach than it's been since the day Bruce Weber got there. Like, I, It'd be a unifying move for sure. Dude, Everybody would be behind that. Here's, here's the problem with K-State basketball and their head coaches. And you can go all the way back to what was my guy's name before uh, with the with the hair that came like in like the early 2000s. Tom, Google it for me. Tom, damn it, what was that guy's name? Anyway, you you got that guy, and then you got Bob Huggins, and then you got Frank, and then you got Bruce. That's kind of the succession over the last, like, 15, 20 years. You're talking about Jim Woolridge? Yeah, that's my guy. Not Tom, Jim. Jim Woolridge with the hair. Tom Asbury right before him. Okay, so I, was, I wasn't completely off. It's been a long time since you've had a coach that is either happy there or you're happy with him. Honestly, look, look, look at it. This is not me being a KU guy and talking smack. Those other guys that you just mentioned, Woolridge and what's my guy's name again? Tom Asbury. I mean, I don't think either one of those guys did much to write home about and they were gone. And then you bring in Bob Huggins and the place went nuts recruiting Michael Beasley and Bill Skywalker and all those guys. And eventually they decided to stay. Remember Huggyville, Aggieville turned into Huggyville. And I mean, literally the, the structures, like it became a different town when Bob Huggins was there just for a year. And then his alma mater came calling. It was like, oh, yeah. No, K-State was a cool job, but it was also a stepping stool to a better job. See ya. Fortunately, there was this other guy hanging around named Frank Martin that Michael B. Easy said, no, I'll go play for that cat. He seems pretty cool. And then, again, Manhattan was rocking. 
But what happened just a couple of years later when not exactly a basketball institution game calling South Carolina, and there was a little bit of uh, back and forth with John Curry and he, and it was like, okay, screw this. I don't need this. I go, I go to a different job and they'll love me. And he did. And he was there for 10 years and then they hired Bruce. And for 10 years, it's been a bad relationship, not an awful relationship, but we've all got an aunt and uncle that are divorced that back in the day. Used to that was that was Uncle Steve. Now he's ex Uncle Steve, but it wasn't terrible. Like they got along, you know. Thanksgivings were fine. It wasn't terrible, but you could tell it wasn't going to be the long term. That's what it feels like it was. Brad Underwood would be that guy. We're talking about now that I've talked it out loud. What are we talking? 25, 30 years where, in theory, you could have the guy that you want, the guys at the job that he wants, and that could create some real stability in a conference where. There's no reason you're not going to be KU, but there's no reason you can't be next in line. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. On the other side, let's get back into Royals baseball. On your home for Royals baseball, six ten Sports Radio. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Tool, hold off. Don't take the stage yet. I'll be there in just a little bit. Going to see the Tool show as soon as I get out of here tonight. Looking forward to that. Grant Nicholson Sports Machine show. I'm going to be taking you up until, I was going to say 9 o'clock, but I'm hoping my boy lets me go at like 8.56. So we'll see. He's the executive producer, so he makes those executive type decisions. Anyway, I ran through the uh, AFC NFL free agency moves, and then we spent a lot of time in the AFC West where the Chiefs are kind of sort of making moves. I mean, Orlando Brown, tag, Justin Reed, sign, three for 31. Frank Clark, yay, back, two for 29, restructured. Let's spend a couple of minutes. I'll breeze through these other moves. All these happened on the other side. These are all NFC moves. Michael Gallup back with the Cowboys, five years, 57 million. They overpaid for that guy. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence signed a new three-year, $40 million contract. Tyrod Taylor signs a contract with the New York Giants. Um, let's see. The Eagles, Jason Kelsey signs a 14-year, 14, $14 million one-year contract, making him the highest-paid center in the history of the NFL. They also got linebacker Hassan Reddick for three years and $45 million. Uh, Carson Wentz is now a Washington commander. What a ridiculous name. In the NFC North, the Bears have done nothing. Uh, Larry Okenboji signs a three-year, $40 million deal with the Lions. The Lions have made moves, but they're all like Lions-type moves. Nothing to write home about. The Green Bay Packers signed this guy you probably heard of named Aaron Rodgers. That is official today where he gets three years over the next – he gets $150 million, I should say, over the next three years. I guess my only question with that would be – if you're going to pay him like that, which is as much money as any other player in the league makes, that's as much money as Josh Allen makes, that's as much money as Patrick Mahomes makes at the quarterback position. Right now, in the last three years, Aaron Rodgers has been as good, if not better, than those guys. Heck, he's won the MVP two out of those three years and had 13 and three seasons each of those years. But he's significantly older than those guys. And sometimes at quarterback, hell, sometimes as a football player, your trajectory goes like this. 
You're good, then you're great, 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 then you retire. It happens. Or you're good, then you're great, then you're great, then you're great, then you're great, and then like keep tacking on another 10 grades. You're Tom Brady, and then you're still great somehow at the very end, damn it. Like last year, that dude led the league in both touchdown passes and yards and said he's retiring, and now he comes back, and he's probably going to do the same thing again. But you know what else happens sometimes? You're Peyton Manning. You're good, then you're great, then you're great, then you're great. Bam! Then you're done. Then you suck. It's not like it was like a a fast decline. He was great. Then a little bit of a taper off, and then sucked. What do you have, five interceptions in that first half in Kansas City or whatever it was? Where they had no choice but to bench his ass. I know it's a different position, but same sport, LaDainian Tomlinson. Good, then great, then great, then great. Bam! You suck. It happens. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying it's happened before. So if you're going to guarantee him $150 million bucks for the next three years, you're pretty safe doing that this year, you would think. But what if he tapers off a little bit? But then what happens if he's Peyton Manning at the very end of his career? He'd be the same age. He'd have as much traction off the tires. It's not completely unthinkable to think that three years from now, Aaron Rodgers is a bottom half the league quarterback that's making $50 million. So the only reason I point that out is the Chiefs feel pretty good. The Bills feel pretty good that three years from now, Josh Allen's going to be the same guy or better than he is right now. I'd be shocked. I mean, I would have said the same thing about Tom Brady. I would have been dead wrong. If you would have said three years ago, he's worth more money than anybody else at the quarterback position because he's still one of, if not the best, at his age. Doesn't happen. Anyway, with Aaron Rodgers, that all right, you do you. Devonta Adams got the franchise tag. Minnesota Vikings. Did you see what Kirk Cousins got? Again, like $35 million. The only thing I'll say about Kirk Cousins is this. Look at his numbers and look at his record. You probably can't do better right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it sucks and it's not where you want to be having like the 10th or 12th best quarterback in the NFL. But the problem is, Grant, if you let him walk, and you're in their position where you're okay. Nobody's talking about you winning the Super Bowl, but you know you can be for maybe a playoff spot. Kirk Cousins is probably your best option for a team like that right now. Thirty-five million dollars still ridiculous, though. Yeah, but it wouldn't shock me if they went out and drafted somebody. No, this no, year. no, no. That's that's what I would suggest doing. You know, the Alex yeah, Smith route. Like you've got a guy that's the twelfth best quarterback in football. Draft a young gun, and a couple of years from now, you try to pay him the Patrick Mahomes route, which is on a rookie contract for a while. Harrison Phillips, defensive lineman, signed a three-year $19.5 million deal also with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Jake Matthews, three-year extension with the Atlanta Falcons. Young Ho Koo, just uh, want to say the name. Five years and $25 million. for Good for the Young Ho. You got to feel good for the Young Ho. Five years and $25 million for the Young Ho Koo. How about that? Uh, Dante Foreman, contract uh, with the Panthers. Um, what else did they do? Uh, Austin Corbett, so they boosted up the offensive line. They re-signed their kicker. Saints have done nothing. Tampa Bay, uh, Shaq Mason in a trade with the Patriots. They got the offensive guard. This guy named Tom Brady said he's coming out of retirement. Chris Goblin got the franchise tag. Their center, Ryan Jansen, three years, $40 million. So they're making moves. As far as the West goes, Colt McCoy re-signs on a two-year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. How? How is Colt McCoy 
mean, there's not a better young quarterback to be a backup in the league these days than Colt McCoy. I mean, Chase Daniels just got paid again. No. Chase Daniels just signed with the Chargers today or last night or something. No. Yeah, it's like two and a quarter million or something. Wow. He, they're the same guy. Colt McCoy and Chase Daniel, good for both those guys. James Conner, three years, $21 million. Good to see Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz got way too much. Three years, $31 million, 18 guaranteed. He's not that guy anymore. What are the Cardinals doing? Um, San Francisco got this guy called Charvarius Ward. Three years, $40 million. The Chiefs certainly weren't going to pay that. So see ya. And the Seahawks got Drew Locke. And got rid of Russell Wilson. Questionable decision. They also got Noah Fant and Shelby Harris in that deal. And that concludes most of, if not all, the free agent moves as we roll along during the show. I said we'd talk Royals. We'll go ahead and do that and polish off the show in the last segment here coming up in a couple of minutes. Um, As far as the moves the rest of the AFC West has made, it is kind of fun how a few years ago it looked like Derek Carr was probably on his way out with the Raiders and it was going to be Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of unknowns. And now here we are just a few years later, and Patrick Mahomes is still head and shoulders the best in the division, but this is also head and shoulders the best quarterback division I can ever remember, where you've got the best in Patrick Mahomes. You've got a top 10, even when he's off, in Russell Wilson. You've got a potential, I would say, top five when he's on in Justin Herbert. And you've got Derek Carr, who say what you will, look at the numbers, he's top 10. That's four by the numbers of the 10 best quarterbacks in all of football that now play in your division. But it's more than just a quarterback-driven league. Have the Broncos made enough moves over the last couple of days to make you think, okay, now they're at least the second-best team in this division? Maybe it's the Chargers with the moves that they've made on the defensive side, adding Jackson, adding Khalil Mack. Maybe that's the team that you think. Maybe it's still the Raiders. Don't forget, of all these teams we're talking about besides the Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders are the only team in this division that actually went out there and made the postseason. Broncos, for a minute, they looked like they were going to fool's gold. Chargers certainly looked like they were going to for a minute. They were 4-1. and one. Out the gates, that team was hotter than Farrah Fawcett in a forest fire until they got burned, and then they turned in the Chargers, and they sucked again. They finished, like, what, 9-8. and eight. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fun argument to have. I would say Chiefs, based on the moves that have been made this week, I would say Chiefs, Broncos, and then to me, the Chargers and the Raiders, you're just splitting hairs. Like, I think they're basically the same teams they were a year ago. I don't think the Chargers have made enough moves necessarily or enough right moves. Like re-signing Mike Williams, the wide receiver, doesn't make you better. It makes you the same. Getting Khalil Mack on the defensive side, look at the numbers. Pretty overpaid. Maybe not the guy that they thought he was back when the Raiders traded him away to the Bears a couple of years ago. So, I don't know, man. They're better, but not great. I think it would go, if you make, gun to my head, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. Got to give the Raiders a little bit of respect, even though they probably shouldn't have got rid of their coach anyway. All right, so that's it for the Chiefs conversation. We'll get off the football. We'll talk baseball, college basketball the rest of the way. Big at night. Grant Nicholson, Sports Machine. I'm going to Tool tonight. Maybe I'll see you there. 610 Sports Radio. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I was checking out my Facebook feed during the break, Grant. That's Grant on the Sports Machine, 610 Sports Radio, Bank at Night. 
better get that out of the way. And uh, my buddy, he's a pastor. Um, AD3, he goes by. What a sick name. Pastor AD3. Like, how are you not going to go to that church? And I'm Jewish. Anyway. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, he said, Chipotle. This is his post. He said, Chipotle, doing everything, but we actually want shrimp. I don't know, man. I'm not one to go against you, but I'm not shrimp. Really, I don't. I don't want shrimp at Chipotle. There are other things that I would want ahead of. There are some things that I want Chipotle to do, like probably cut out the. Does it still cost for guacamole? That's ridiculous. You're shaking your head like you don't know. Like you, I don't know. You've never asked for guacamole or seen somebody in line, and they go, "Sorry, sir, it's give me an extra whatever it is." I ha- I know that they have charged for guacamole in the past. The last time I went to Troy was like three months ago. You make me so mad. How do you not know that? I, you don't know. It's different. How is it different? Have you had their queso sauce? A little pasty. I honestly don't think so. A little pasty. Because like they act, that costs extra too, doesn't it? Yeah. A burrito's already like nine bucks. Like I, Eight dollars. Isn't it crazy how when... Uh, anyway, Pastor, I disagree. I don't, I don't want shrimp. Not Chipotle. They got uh, too many other things to figure out. It is crazy how a Chipotle burrito, it feels like, over the last decade has basically doubled in price the same way that McDonald's, an extra value meal, has tripled in price. I can tell you that 10 years ago for $2.99, this was in Overland Park. So, like, we're talking about, like, oh, the money's getting some money down there. For, it might have been three ninety nine. I don't want to lie. Anyway, it was three, it was two bucks, it was three bucks or four bucks. It was either two ninety nine or three ninety nine, whatever it was. For a number one value meal, that's it. You get out of there. Supersize it a couple extra bucks. Then that movie came out, Supersize Me. Everybody got grossed out. You can't do that anymore. Not healthy enough. Now we need to offer you apples and salads and no ranch dressing, all that stuff that they do at McDonald's now. But my point is this. The other day I went for the same meal, same McDonald's, for nostalgia purposes, and because I was hungry, Grant, got a number one, $10.48. What are you talking about? What? A single cheeseburger used to be like a dollar. Ninety-nine cents. It's I used to get them all the time. How much is it now? Eighty-nine. Now. That's twice as much. That's insane. It's not a hundred percent bigger or better. You know who's really stuck by their guns is Wendy's. Now they've kind of tricked you a little bit because it went from like the ninety-nine cent menu to now the picture of the the junior bacon cheeseburger still lives like by the ninety-nine cent, but you got to look real close because it's actually like a dollar twenty-nine. So you got to be careful. They're tricky over there at Wendy's across the street from McDonald's. But, man, at least their value meal is still valuable. Does Wendy still do the four for four? Hell, yeah. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. That's where the bank for your buck Absolutely. Is for sure. And you got to sub the – tell them you don't want the fries and you want the chili. Here's the thing about the chili, though. The first, like, 20 times you have it, it's – have you ever had the chili at Wendy's? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good, right? It's all right, yeah. I don't remember the last time I had it, but, yeah, it's pretty good. Here's the thing. I found out the other day because I was talking it up. I was doing this show, actually, and I was talking up the chili from Wendy's. And somebody texted in and said, yeah, it's good, but you know that it's the day-old hamburgers that they just chopped up and put in there. And I have to admit that now that I'm, like, thinking about that, it's not quite as appealing. I, I worked at a McDonald's as a high schooler. Like, I, I get it. You're not going to gross me out. Fast food is gross in general. Like, you're not going to gross me out. All right, fine. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Go get some chilies. Go get some Wendy's chili after this. Then, if it's if, if I can tell you that and you're still not grossed out by it, then it's delicious. Might. You should. If I can find one on my way home, you can. They're everywhere, and I believe that it is still ninety nine cents. Anyway, 
913-576-7610 if you want to get in with any final thoughts. Let's talk a little bit of college basketball, a little bit of baseball, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here. And you can go to chill. You can go get your chili. I'm going to see the Tool concert. So I have to bypass that and see what dinner I'm going to end up eating at T-Mobile tonight as far as the Royals go. And specifically as far as Alberto Mondesi, I, I really hate to say it, but I feel like I've seen enough. And I feel like at this point, if your expectations are anything more than he's going to go out there and play in 100 games and hit 260 and steal a bunch of bases and be a great base runner and he's out there, be a, maybe a little bit above average fielder and not bring a ton of leadership quality or on-field experience to the team, then you're the one who's lying to yourself. Because at some point in sports or in life, a good idea would be get a sample size. If a guy's only been playing for, you know, part of one season, well, then don't judge him. Give him a little bit more time. If a guy's been playing for two years, Still, give him a bit of time. He's young. When he came up, he was like 18 years old. He had no business coming up. But if you played when you were 18, then 19, then 20, then 21, then 22, then 23, I don't know saying like, well, no, he's only 24, 25 is still a good excuse when you've got that much of an opportunity. So in the case for me, in the case of Adalberto Mondesi, I'm at the point where if you can get something back for him of real substance, Go ahead and do it. Don't make a move just to make a move. And don't make a move that you think is going to set you back another four or five years. But if there's a team out there that goes, you know what? This guy was a five-tool player that was a high draft pick that the Royals have been in love with that they haven't cut bait yet. We'll give him a chance. And frankly, maybe a change of senior will be best for the kid. Because this infield is getting super jammed up. Now, earlier today... On Fesco in the morning, Royals manager Mike Matheny came on. He was talking about that that position is Mondesi's at shortstop. So they're like, okay, what happens to Bobby Witt Jr.? What happens to Nicky Lopez? It feels like it's getting kind of crowded in there. And I agree. I think that the best thing to do right now with Mondesi is play him early, play him often, hope that he stays healthy. And then you do one of two things. You do what I was just talking about, which is, okay, now he's got maybe as much value, trade value as he's going to have. He appears to be healthy. Another team can convince themselves that now's the time. He's finally healthy and turning into the guy that he was supposed to be, living up to his potential. We'll give you this guy and this guy. Ready Major League Baseball player, ready bullpen pitcher, starter that's you know going to be up by the end of the year. I'm talking about something that you could actually use pretty soon. And then I'd make the deal. Or he appears to be healthy. I'm underselling him a little bit. He's leading the league in stolen bases, playing go-go caliber in the field hitting 280, showing a little bit of power, and actually stays healthy. But again, that sample size that I was just talking about, six years plus the postseason in 2015, how many different times do you need to look back and say, well, he got hurt, or well, he underperformed, or well, he made this blunder? Like, that might just be who he is. So I'm excited for this season. I am. We brought on Vern earlier. Check out the podcast. He was talking about Daniel Lynch. Big guy. Could be a real starter. Royals could have a top two or three for the first time since the Apier Cone Gubaza days. Like, that'd be awesome. But also, a lot of stuff has to go right for this team to compete. 
I think that where the Royals are right now is in a state of hope and in a state of optimism where maybe for the first time, I don't know, since so 14, 15, back-to-back World Series, 16, you kind of start to break it up, 17, everything's pretty much done for. I would say for the first time in like four real seasons, you can start to talk about maybe they hang around, maybe they finish middle of the pack in the division, maybe they end up with one of those wild cards in hand. I think we'll know pretty early. Anybody that's watched Royals baseball historically knows that they could also get off to a 2-16 and 16 start. We're looking up like, oh, crap, this thing's over with. Let's go ahead and break up the band and see what you can get back. But there's reason for optimism with Montessi with the top of the pitching staff and certainly with Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, if the odds mean anything to you, according to Las Vegas, his odds to win the rookie of the year, 3-1. to one. That's that's not that much of a long shot. He's, he's the favorite to win American League Rookie of the Year. So that's something to keep your eye on. Of course, we'll have spring training games and then all your regular season Royals games right here on 610 Sports Radio. So look forward to a lot of baseball. We ran up and down all the free agent moves just to get you caught up on what the Chiefs have done so far this offseason as far as either additions or keeping guys. Orlando Brown got tagged. Frank Clark, guess he's going to be around for a minute. Two-year, $29 million. So they tore up the old contract, gave him a new one. Works out better for the team. He gets less money. In theory, he could end up making just about as much because he could get two upwards of $38 million. So you do the math. What's that, 19 a year? Pretty close to what he was making before at 20 a year. He has to actually go out there and earn it now. It's the same thing they did with Sammy Watkins a couple of years ago. Like, our bad, we overpaid you, so now go out there and show out and earn it, and then we'll pay you. Justin Reed, that went down last night, three years, $21 million at safety. So we'll go ahead and finish here. That feels probably officially, well, not officially, it's not over till it's over, but the end of Tyron Matthew. I mean, at this point, the only way that Tyron Matthew sticks around is if free agency keeps going here for a while and he doesn't get the offer that he wanted, And then he comes back to the Chiefs and essentially says, okay, I wanted to be the highest paid safety in football and I wanted a three-year deal. I'll take a one-year deal at 80% of that or whatever it is is the only way that I could see that happening. But somebody you'd think between then and the meantime is going to come calling for Tyron Matthews. So it's probably it now that you signed Justin Reed. That's my music, man. That means I'm out of here. So I got to get out of here quick. I'm going to see Tool tonight at T-Mobile. Maybe I'll see you there. Thanks to your calls and your texts. Thanks to Grant Nicholson. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. This is Bink at Night. I'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on 610 Sports Radio. Good night. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 